0: Thankful this morning. Always, always find something to be thankful for, because there is something to always be thankful for. It might be harder to see some days than others, but there's always something to be thankful for. And uh, man, if nothing else, you you woke up this morning and you got the Lord on your side. That's something to be thankful for today. We're going to finish up this uh, lesson, series of lessons on the big story. We've been talking about uh, the plan that God has had since creation, how that even in creation, he desired not to just be a ruler. Uh, he didn't create a zoo and just something he could just throw food to and keep it and watch it and look at it. But he wanted fellowship and communion because he loved his creation. He loved his people, loved those first uh, humans that he created in the garden and uh, because of failure and disobedience of course we know that uh, bondage came on the world in the form of sin And uh, but then he had a plan for that that he would uh, one day be here himself and offer redemption for us and I'm thankful aren't you thankful Thank you, Jesus. for the redemption that God offers today and and today, uh, as we continue, uh, we're going to finish with this, forever set free. We know that if the Son make you free, you're free indeed. And we're thankful today to be free indeed. To, and, but it's not over yet. This is not, here is not the last chapter. This is not the end of the story. And so this plan, this big story of Scripture shows us the hope that we have of being forever set free. We started this lesson with um, a narrative to kind of get a, a maybe a mental picture of Adam and Eve's thought process as they realized what they had done. And um, we're going to end today in, or start out with this last lesson with a narrative of uh, John as he was uh, writing things in the book of Revelation So let's just go ahead and pray for the lesson this morning, and we'll get into it. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. We're thankful that you've got plans for all of us, and I'm thankful to be a part of the body of Christ. Lord, I'm thankful that you've called us out of darkness into your marvelous light, and Lord, use us vessels to reach lost people in this world today. Lord, bless us and let us receive this word in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give a big hand clap to the Lord this morning. What a great God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. You can be seated and thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. This narrative covers passages of scripture that you would find in Revelation chapter 7 um, Well, actually, from the beginning, but the main part of it would be in Revelation 7, verses 13 through 17. It says, the sun's first rays lit the waves as they lapped against the shores of Patmos, he rolled to his knees instinctively as his eyes opened. It was the Lord's day. His body shivered at the chill from the damp stone floor, but as he whispered words of worship, John was transported in the spirit to someplace else. A voice like a trumpet, visions of seals and angels. It was all beyond the scope of human reasoning. Like a passenger being carried along on a tour, John witnessed the final act of the big story. Amid the litany of sights so specific that they could be categorized, counted, and inventoried, an unusual expanse broke open before him. Instantly he knew the sight was a crowd of people, but his mind reeled at the magnitude of it. All previous attempts at cataloging failed here. This great crowd would be impossible to number. As he scanned the enormous crowd, he realized with awe that the people were from every tribe, people groups that he couldn't even place. The untold millions of faces of every color were yet unified. White robes flowed about them, and they held palm branches, and in unison they began to shout, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. At once all of heaven responded, angels, elders, and four beasts surrounded the throne, fell to their faces and proclaimed, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. As John peered into that land where time is no more, an elder pushed near and turned to him with a question, Who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? John took in the scene and shook his head, Pondering the question, sensing the sovereignty of the moment, he offered, Sir, you know. The elder nodded and proclaimed, These are the ones who came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. John surveyed the innumerable crowd as the elder swept his hand across and continued, Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them, and they shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat, for the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. With that, the seventh seal was opened, and silence fell across the celestial stage. In time, the vision unfolded further with wonders almost too fantastic to comprehend. When the vision reached its conclusion, John fell on his face at the appearance of Jesus himself. His mind raced, his spirit yearned. He wept as the realization dawned that he must come back from the ecstasy of such rich communion with Jesus. Yet as he began to pen the words that would give masses upon masses a glimpse of the future, hope leapt in his heart. He had a promise. Jesus was coming Jesus was coming soon, and he would lead John to those living waters and wipe away every tear from his eye. And so, as we said, this is not the end here. What a great, great day it is when we come to the Lord, baptized in his name, filled with his spirit. The, the things that we enjoy here, the fellowship with the saints, you know, services, services. Other people receiving the Lord, being baptized, miracles we witness—you know the things that happen, uh, the fellowship we have uh, with God on this earth—it's wonderful. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory here on earth. It's—it's something that uh, is hard to believe Uh, with the human mind. You just have to experience it to know that it's real. And with all that, and as great as it is, this is not the end. This is not where it stops, and. And uh, we started in, in creation with God and his, his people, Adam and Eve, and, and how he walked with them and talked with them. And, and we know that uh, now we're in Revelation where things are winding up and we're getting glimpses. And maybe we don't understand all of it, but uh, glimpses into how things will be in the last days. And, and knowing ultimately that Jesus is coming to get his people where they can be in a place with him and, and forever they'll be free. That's what it means to be free indeed. I'm not free yet. I'm free of a lot of things. I've been set free from sin and, and things like that, but I still have troubles and trials. There's uh, aches and pains. There's uh, you know concerns in this world, and you have to be careful. You, you, you can be hurt in this world. That's a place you won't be hurt. You can be uh, attacked in this world, but that's a place you won't be attacked. And so uh, there's some things, sure, uh, we are free from, but we're not free from the hold of this world right now. It's still God, us. we're still on this planet. But while we're here, there's hope, there's promise, and there's power to live every day for him. You can do it. You can make it all the way to that day. You can Be like Paul and say, I have fought a good fight. You can stand up one day and say, I finished my course. I kept the faith. One day you'll do that. You have power to do that. Jesus didn't start us on this race only to see us fail, but his desire is for us to be with him one day in eternity. And so when we read this big story from creation and go through there, you see Adam and Eve and their fall, but God's got a plan. And then we know that uh, Jesus comes and he's offering hope and salvation. And maybe people thought it was over when he said, It is finished, and he hung his head on Calvary. That part was finished. But in three days, they couldn't find his body. And it wasn't because he was moved by his believers. He was not stolen by anybody on this earth. He was resurrected from the dead. He, he conquered death and hell and the grave and, and showed that he had all power in heaven and earth. Uh, and so uh, it wasn't over. And it's not even over there because he starts talking to his disciples, telling them uh, that uh, you've got something yet to do. And as the story of his resurrection begins to circulate, uh, you know the world's getting turned upside down. Life is not... On planet Earth, life is no longer like it was, because now uh, this Savior that they killed, He's resurrected. Things are different. Now there is coming a time where God will pour His Spirit out on all flesh, and and as uh, the Lord is uh, adding people to the church and and bringing people to the message, and uh, you know we we read through the Book of Acts and we see uh, how that. People who carry this hope and carry this gospel, there, it's it's not just easy. We read about Stephen being stoned. You read about uh, being whipped and and thrown in prison. We read about uh, being persecuted and chased. Uh, you know, shipwrecks and and snake bites and uh, all kind of opposition. People threatening, don't preach in this name anymore. And, and, and so we understand that even being born again and having the Holy Ghost inside of us, that we don't live this life without conflict. Right. You're going to face opposition to living for God. Yeah. Sometimes it comes in the form of, of people that's closest to you. They don't want you living for God. Right. You living for God convicts them. They don't like that. Yeah, right. People don't want to be uncomfortable, saint or Sinner. And when you live for God and, and you start talking about the things of God, people that, don't, uh, that are not living right or don't believe in what you believe, they get uncomfortable. And uh, they will try to shut your mouth, get you to stop, or they'll leave you, whatever. But somehow they're going to get your voice out of their ear. They don't want it to happen. It happened to the, uh, the disciples. And, and in Acts 14 and 22, it tells us that we must, through many tribulations, enter into the kingdom of God. Through many tribulations. So I know it takes being born again to get into the kingdom of God. But I've said it. You've heard me say this before. That being born again is not the end of it. When Peter preached, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Man, we're shouting. That's wonderful. And wouldn't it be great if we just went straight to heaven when that happened? I mean, just right there. I'd, I'd take that ticket. I mean I I love living life, but let me tell you, if I could went straight to heaven and that's it, we would all take that ticket. But he went on through there and he's preaching and and says people are believing it and says, and with many other words that he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself. Because being born again alone, unless you happen to come out of the water speaking in tongues and then die, you got life to live. And you got to stay saved. And you got to take measures to save yourself. He's done the redemptive work. He has caused you to be born again. Now you are a new creature in him. But you've got to keep yourself saved. And he that endureth unto the end the same shall be saved. And so there's a a life we've got to live. And sometimes it's through many tribulations that we're going to actually enter into the kingdom of God. Who are these? These are they that... Uh, have come out of great tribulation we think sometimes that all that great group is i've heard people say well they're the ones that came out of the out of the seven years of tri- you know the tribulation man this is people this is a number can't nobody number this is people from the beginning yeah. these are, this they have believed all over this world and they've gone through great tribulation I, i've thought before i wonder if john saw my face he was close enough to tell what color of skin they had. He, sure, he didn't know any of them. And God wouldn't just, he didn't put a bunch of mannequins in robes. He was showing him a vision of people that made it. Did John see your face? Did John see my face? Who did he see? I'm telling you, I want to make sure that I make it through. And listen, that's going to be a place where you'll be totally and completely free. And so even though it is with great tribulation, God takes care of us. God's always watching out for us. I will not leave you comfortless, but I'll come to you. He is the God of all comfort. He's the Prince of Peace. He's my strong tower that I run into. He's, he's all these great things for me. And, and he told them in Matthew 28, uh, before he left, in twenty-eight eighteen through 20, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. All power. It's given unto me. And then he says, go uh, into all the world. Go go in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. And then he said, and I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So I've got hope today that he's with me. He reaffirms when he told them in Acts 1 and 8 that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. And so we've got power, power to heal, power to cast out. He said these signs shall follow them that believe. And uh, he's given us words to speak. We are laborers entered into the harvest, and we've got a master watching over us. So sure, we're going to be attacked, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He gave us the Holy Ghost so we could defeat uh, the enemies of our flesh. And you shall mortify the deeds of your flesh through the Spirit. And so he's given us power to succeed living for him. People are always looking for power to succeed or oh, the answer. How, how can I be successful in my job? How can I be successful in my relationship? Well, how about how can I be successful living for God? I'll tell you what you do you, you live it by the word. He told Joshua in one place, he said, You keep all the words that I've commanded, and you're going to prosper in the way that you go, wherever you go. If you'll keep the words that I commanded Moses and you'll keep the words that I've given and all these things, listen, you're going to be successful. You're going to have good success. The secret of success to living for God is be obedient. Be willing and obedient and you shall eat the good of the land. And so be obedient to God. We are a Book of Acts church. But we're more than just Book of Acts church. We're New Testament church. That means uh, we don't just... Uh, hang only in the book of Acts we've got to go through the book of Romans and Corinthians and all these other books we've got to read the letters that that these men that were uh, moved on by the Holy Ghost and wrote these instructions for us to live right they were concerned with how we were living when you read the letters you'll see that everyone that that wrote letters to different churches always concerned about how the people were living and steps to take to make sure they succeed put on the whole armor of God Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he shall flee. Always giving us instruction about how to make it. Love one another. You know, uh, he he was telling us, uh, and if we believe one day that Jesus is coming back, if you believe these things, then what kind of person should you be? Always telling us, examine yourself. Make sure the fruit of the Spirit is evident in your life. If you walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit. And so we find that we're just joined with people who have already gone on. We're part of that body. There's only one body and one spirit. And so we're on a journey to share the gospel with other people to, to be who the King of Kings and Lord of Lords has called us to be. And this is all in this big story, this plan. God had a plan. This, boy, I tell you, people, you know, it's like they want the cliff notes of living for God. You know what cliff notes are? Yeah, if you went to, if you had to read in high school or college, you know what it is. Nobody wanted to read a book that thick when you could read one, a pamphlet. I don't want to read eight hundred pages if I can read fifty, and still get the gist of the story and pass my class. I just wasn't big. I didn't want to read Oliver Twist. Give me a pamphlet, you know. And people, as ain't they got cliff notes for the Bible? No. No cliff notes for the Bible. There ain't no little book, you know, the Bible for dummies. It ain't nothing like that. We were all a bunch of dummies before the Bible. I'm telling you is that this word, it's alive from beginning to end. All scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable. Let me tell you today, it's it's a sharp two-edged sword. Man, it gets down to where the rubber meets the road. And let me tell you, if you want to live for God, you can. And it'll tell you exactly how to do it right here in this book. You guys, well, I can't find an answer. If you can't find an answer in here, you can't read. Because the answer's here. It's in that book. God is not going to leave his word incomplete. And so if I need to know this or that or the other, it's here. We find it in this book. And that's where I want to make sure I'm living my life. If I'm born again by the word of God, the word of God will give me instructions. Give me instructions on how to live born again. You know we have all kind of books that teach us how to to live in this world. We go to, to schools and we further our educations and things like that. We take courses. We go online. We do all kinds of things to, to make ourselves smarter, to give us, you know, so we can do things ourselves. we all, well, you know, you, man, you can go on YouTube and Google a video for anything. I mean, you can learn how to change an air filter. If you don't know how to do that, you, you don't have to pay. You, you start saving money if you just go down there and say, how do I change an air filter? Instead of giving them $175 to change a $12 air filter, I'm going to do it myself. And so we, people are just learning, learning. But one place it says they're ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And the truth is, is all that ain't going to add up to nothing one day. What did you do about this book? Because it's these words that will set you free. It's these words that will make you free. It's these words that will get you out of here one day. It's these words that will keep you in the grace of God and the mercy of God. It will increase your knowledge of the one that you're going to be staring face to face with one day. Forever set free. I want to be. And so we've looked at this over the last three weeks. Excuse me, my voice is a little croaky today. But... um, We've been going over this, how God has been moving through creation, offering redemption when there was a, a curse and, and being there for us. And, and so we learn some things and you need the word of God so you can learn some truth about God. You know, it, It's hard to worship what you don't know. Paul came across a group of people, they had an altar set up. And they worshiped there. And it said, to the unknown God. And he said, that don't even make sense. I think he was probably a lot nicer than he could have been. It could have really made him feel stupid. But he just said, I'm just going to declare this unknown God to you. You know, if you study a lot of these religions, you'll find out that a lot of them have this unknown God. And if you study what their, even what their books say about them, you'll, you'll realize that they're talking about the Lord. They just don't know him. They don't have any idea who he is. And so you need the scripture so you can learn some truths about God and about what he does. And, and from the very beginning, this first truth shows us that God is the sovereign creator and ruler of this world. In Colossians 1 and 16, it says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and earth. Whether it be uh, visible or invisible, thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created uh, through him and for him. He did it all. One man said it, Every house is built by some man, but he that builds all things is God. God is the creator. And if he is the creator of all things, why do I find it hard to trust him with all things? There is not anything God doesn't know about. There's nothing that he doesn't know how to do. He knows the makeup and element of every situation, of everything that exists. Nothing, it says, even the things that are made are made by the things he made. So we can, if we build something, well, look what I built. If there were no God, you couldn't build nothing. You can't build a house without God. Because without God, there's no trees. Without trees, there's no wood. The metal for the nails, for the uh, the rocks and things for the concrete. Nothing exists without him. And so sometimes we forget, Ah, oh, look what I've done. You hadn't done nothing without God. Hey, whether you serve him or not, you hadn't done nothing without God. Look what I made. Look what I built. Don't even know that if God hadn't had his hand in it, you couldn't do that. The The... The biggest sinner, the biggest atheist could be the greatest uh, contractor. And he can build all sorts of buildings and say, look what I've done. And you still had done nothing without God. Whether you accept it, acknowledge it, believe it or not. It doesn't change who God is. And so that's what we learn, that God is the creator of all things and all life. There is nothing that exists without God. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed. By his word. And so if, if the worlds were framed by his word, I think I need the word to frame my world. Frame my life. And so uh, also in this big story, we see that God loves his creation. He loves humanity and reveals himself to us. He walked with Adam. and He didn't uh, create Adam and then whew, Adam looked around and said, how did I get here? When he opened his eyes, I'm sure God was right there with him, explaining. This is who you are. This is who I am. This is what's going to go on. And he starts telling him. He's like a computer. He's downloading stuff into him. Adam is learning only because God is teaching. And we need God to teach us. We need his word to teach us. How did Adam learn? Because God spoke to him, it was God's words. There was no scripture written, there was nothing for him to open up and read. This was God speaking to him, walking with him every day. Who knows what kind of mysteries and things that God revealed to Adam as they walked and talked in the cool of the day. But, but God, he didn't hide from them, but he loved them, communed with them, and that's the same thing he wants for us today. Yeah. To have that kind of fellowship with us, to, to, to walk with us, to talk with us, and for us to listen to what he's saying. Yeah. And sometimes that we listen to that through prayer. Sometimes it's through the preaching of the word. It's through our reading of the word and study of the word. It comes in different fashions. God is speaking to his people still. He has not closed his mouth. He's still speaking to his people. And he wants relationship. Even after Adam and Eve, we see him calling Abraham out and making a covenant with him for a people. And uh, then we realize Israel is is created and uh, we see him with Moses and, and making covenant with David about his, concerning his throne. And, and we know that uh, he's coming. Something's coming. Yeah. You read the prophets prophesying about uh, him one day showing up. I was talking with a, a man the other night on Friday, and, and I said, you know, one of the m- most amazing scriptures to me is in Isaiah 35 where uh, it talks about, and your God will come and save you, and then shall blinded eyes be opened. And I said, do you know that you can search from one end of the book to the other, and the only person who ever opened blinded eyes was Jesus. There was a lot of miracles done by a lot of great men of God. I said, but you didn't see blinded eyes getting opened until Jesus. I said, because that miracle was reserved to identify him so they would know now your God has come. Aren't you thankful that you can know him? See, these are things you learn about God when you read the scripture. And people say, I don't understand uh, who Jesus is. If you'd read the Old Testament not get bogged down with it and start looking, you would see so many scriptures that testify of this man, Jesus, who walked the earth and that it was God manifest in the flesh. These are things you learn about him. And then you learn that he loved us so much. Uh, In 1 John 4, 9 and 10, it says, In this uh, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And, And so we realize that God loved us first. Always loved us before we knew him, before we realized him. God loves us. Next, we find that God, manifest in the flesh, the Lamb of God, the Redeemer, was intent on restoring relationship with fallen man. What a scene it must have been to, to have been at the Jordan River that day when John looked up and proclaimed Jesus, the Lamb of God, that takes away the sin of the world. I don't know who all was there. I don't know if if uh, if... You know, Mary was around or or Joseph was around because I know that the angel had told them, you'll call his name Jesus for he'll save his people from their sins. And And I don't know if, if they heard that uh, just confirmation there, but could you imagine? Uh, I just can't believe it was just casual that there could not been a revelation proclaimed like that without people feeling it. I'm sure that that day, because this was... Yeah, this was the forerunner saying, here's the one that's mightier than I. Here's the one whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. This is the one who's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. This is the Lamb of God. Have hey, you ever heard preaching before that just made you jump like that? Like, wow, could you imagine them words? I wonder if John was just about to baptize somebody. He said, hold on a second. And said that, that guy probably just fell out in the water. <laughs> Drifted away. <laughs> because you get powerful, powerful annunciation. You know, this announcement, here he is. Finally. But people didn't get it. But he's the redeemer and he was intent. And he walks this earth healing people, delivering people setting people free, giving hope to those that are lost, hope to sinners, people that are called in all kind of things, and he, he's correcting incorrect teachings. He's just, man, he's turning the world. For three and a half years, he's just flipping the world upside down. These people that had got settled in their traditions and settled in their ways, and, and now all of a sudden here he is talking about I've come to, to turn things upside down. I don't think I've come to bring peace, but I've come to, tear some things up. I come to get people because y'all done got comfortable in this and most of you don't even know who he is. They didn't have any idea who he was. So he comes and he he sticks to who he is. He lives his life on this earth and he remains that spotless lamb of God and provides a way for us to be redeemed and brought into right standing with him. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. This is what he was here to do. And then... uh, we know that he goes to Calvary, and he sheds his blood, and he goes to the grave, and he's raised from the dead. And, and so we know that because of this, now we have uh, power, we have access, we have ability to be born again, born of water, born of spirit. But then finally, we'll see in the word that, again, that's not it. He, that's not the end of it. We're not raptured away at our new birth, but we're here for a purpose. We are the body of Christ, and we are workers together with him. He is going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And he's going to, you know, we're going to be judged from these books, and everything we've done is going to be in these books, and, and we better hope that our name is in that Lamb's book of life. But while we're here, he's got things for us to do. And we can't run and hide from him and and just sit back and not do anything. All of us have a part in proclaiming who he is. You think that room full of people, after Jesus rose from the dead and steps in, peace be with you. You think there was anybody in the room that did not tell that story? I know you ain't going to believe this. We're sitting there. Everybody's eating. Some of them's over there just thinking we're afraid. We don't know what's going to go on. Boom, Jesus pops in the room. You ain't going to believe it. You're crazy. No. Ask so-and-so. They was there. I was there with them. People were telling that story. And after uh, that day uh, of Pentecost where there's 3,000 souls baptized and God's adding to the church, it couldn't have been just even that 120 that ain't enough to be reaching all these people that's reaching. Man, disciples are making disciples, sheep are making sheep. People are telling what happened they're saying I saw these people look they don't they're not even from my land but speaking in my tongue glorifying God in my language and, and they're, they're Galilean and they you know, they ignorant fishermen and they stand up and you know Peter yeah you know that guy is always so irritable and, and just uh, man, you know he was that night they, that Jesus was being judged he was cursing and saying he didn't even know him Peter's preaching and people are flipping out and saying what shall we do and he's preaching to me, and people's just lining up, man, headed to the water. People are running for the Jordan. They're running for the bab- baptistry. They're trying to get in the pool somewhere, people are getting baptized. I don't know where they was baptizing all these people, but it was happening, and God was adding to the church, and it wasn't just because of the 11, it wasn't just because of that 120, but it was because... Uh, how it was multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and people were telling people. They were going, I'm sure some people I went home to their house and all their, their wife and kids and in-laws were probably sitting there and they said, I got to, just everybody stop what you're doing because you got to come here and hear what happened. What? Today I went up there and man, they thought there was some kind of ruckus going on. Thought people were drunk in the middle of the day. Man, they wasn't drunk. They were full of the Holy Ghost. What's that? Well, I'm going to tell you. You remember Jesus that they crucified? He's the Lord and he's Christ. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the same way I felt. I was crying too. You know, you, you see people start weeping. Oh, no, what what did we do? We killed the Lord. Uh, yeah, but wait, it, it ain't over. If we turn from our ways and we uh, get baptized in his name, he'll fill us with the Holy Ghost. You'll know speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. And and man, there's a fire going on inside. You don't even know. And I'm sure they were probably husbands baptizing wives and parents baptizing children and, and people were just getting baptized. They would not calling the pastor up, can I make an appointment to get baptized? People was finding water and baptizing people. And that's what God wants for us today. You know, you can call me and say, Pastor, I got so and so wants to get baptized. Well I'll I'll meet you here in a minute. But hey, if they're so ready right then and there, fill the bathtub up, put them in the bathtub and baptize them in Jesus name. Yes. Just walk through the lobby of one of them hotels and run, jump in the pool and baptize them. What are they going to do? They, you, know, you didn't hurt nothing. They just, just baptize them, jump out, run out. They might call the police, but uh, you know, what's the?, way, you got some water marks on the floor, whatever. You know, I had to baptize somebody, find a place to baptize them. Well, can I do that? I'm not a pastor. I'm not licensed with such and such organization. So what? Who do you think any of them people were? They wasn't licensed with nobody. They had authority from Jesus. Yeah. And so baptize them. Yeah. Baptize. You're, you know, if you're sitting at home, your kid says, "Hey, I'm ready to get baptized in Jesus' name. I will do it." You just bring me. I'll do it. But you know what? If I ain't around, what if I'm not here for another week? You gonna wait a week? Why, man? Could you imagine anything more precious than you to go into a swimming pool or go down to the creek or get in a lake or a pond or wherever, find water, go buy a $3 pool and fill it up, and then pray with your kid and baptize your kid right there? Man, that'd be awesome. Why not? Do that. You're you're talking to your grandmother or your in-laws about being baptized. They say, I think I'd like to do that. Hey, I can do it for you. Oh, you're not a preacher, are you? Oh but I'm a disciple of Jesus and I'm washed in the blood and filled with his spirit so I think all I, I think that works you know that's disciples were making disciples and so uh man, I don't know how I got around to all that uh but power to be witnesses that's what he's he's given us now and and we are workers together with him and so it, it, it there is no way that with the great number of preachers or pastors there are on this planet, that they could baptize everybody that needs to be baptized. That might be where uh, we're killing revival, trying to schedule it. You know, have it. You know, I've I've said this before. People, people, man, I want to get baptized, but I'd like for my whole family to be here. That would be awesome. But what if Jesus comes before you can get all your family here? I just, you know, I've got to tell you the truth and be plain about it because it's that important. So, you, yeah, ain't nothing. My mom and them were not there. It was a spur of the moment that night. No, not a single family member out of my house was there when I got baptized that night. They were not there, and I didn't even call them to wake them up and say, "Hey, do you want to come up here?" Because this was me and the Lord. It's not a ceremony. It is salvation between you and God. This is about getting your sins washed away, getting the blood applied to your life. And so all these things, these truths that are in God's word, they're they're there. It's part of the story. It's not a fairy tale. It's not like a little kid's book. This is the plan that God had for man's life. I'm going to get you to where I'm at one day. I'm going away to prepare a place. But you're going to be on this earth for a while. And I need Laborers in the harvest. Let me tell you, because there's not near enough people licensed that can save this world. But if people started reaching out, if people who have believed the truth, received the truth, lived the truth, talked about the truth, if we, but see, this world's. Well, it's, it's personal. He's my personal Savior. So I don't want to offend nobody. They'll find Jesus. You know, they'll find Jesus. I sure hate for Jesus to say, how come you didn't tell them? Well, I figured you would lead them somewhere. You know, you led me to a church. Yeah, but you got there by somebody. You, maybe you're supposed to be somebody's somebody. Oh, come on. Man, can't we see that, that, that church is more than a building. It's more than an organization. It's more than a, just a group. It is people that are bought with a price, purchased with the blood, filled with His spirit. And we ought to be telling people about Jesus. And there ought, ought to be testimonies about bathtub baptisms. There ought to be people. Hey, I saw Matthew Johnson. I don't know if you all know him or not, but he posted a video of his son in his living room, that little, little kid, only six, seven years old maybe, his little kid, both hands in the air, squalling. And he said, my son just walked in here and said, Daddy, I want to receive the Holy Ghost. And they prayed for him right there in the living room, and the little boy got the Holy Ghost praying and speaking in tongues right there in the living room. Not it. His daddy pastors a church. He wasn't in a church service. It wasn't in a kids service. It was in the living room. He come out of his bedroom, put his toys down, and walked in. and Says, "I want the Holy Ghost." And they prayed for him, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. That's because you can't bottle it up and put. Just lock it down in here. It's it's everywhere. It's with you. It's wherever you go. You could pray them through. You could. Pray them through in the break room at your, at your work. Uh, man, you can pray them through in the classroom. You might get fired. Uh, but uh, I'm telling you, God will take care of his people. God will take care of his church. This church, we're going to, we're going, hey, if they hate you, he said, you know they hated me first. You see what they did to me. Ain't nobody nailing us to a tree. Ain't nobody beating the skin off our bodies. Oh, you one of them religious people. Oh, no, no. I don't know what gave you that idea. Yeah, maybe I am. But I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind and now I see. I was on my way to a devil's hell, but now I'm on my way to heaven. God turned my life around. I am a new creature in Christ. And one day... Honey, you can come on up. I'm fixing to wind down. One day, we're going to be in a place where time is no more. All this laboring, all this working, just a little while to labor, just a little while to wait. You know that old song? But one day, all that laboring, all that waiting, we're going to be sweeping through the gate. I know that we can get bogged down with this world. We can forget sometimes that eternity is coming. But listen, God put eternity in our heart. God doesn't just desire eternal life for us. He desires us to have eternal life with him. You're going to live forever somewhere. He wants it to be with him. God gave John a vision of the eternal hope that was to come. And so John uh, is painting a picture of our eternal rest in heaven, and we, you know, we we read where John saw this multitude and they washed in the blood of the lamb. In Revelation seven fifteen through seventeen, he said, "Therefore are they before the throne of God serve Him day and night in His temple, and He that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, won't thirst any more." The sun won't... Any of y'all fair-skinned folks keep getting sunburned all the time? Even little things. He said, The sun is not going to light on them nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and lead them unto living fountains of water and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. In heaven the hardships of surviving life in a fallen world are going to be gone. God will dry all tears and we will never have reason to cry again. The daily struggles of this world, such as hunger and work and coping with things, as inherent to our survival, as the weather will be no more. The Lamb will take care of us for eternity. And most importantly, we will enjoy an intimacy of communion with him forever. He who sits on the throne shall dwell among them. You know, now we, Peter said, even though you don't see him, you love him. And that's a fact. But one day, I'm going to see the one I love. One day, you're going to actually see him. Woo! You've talked to him. Cried to him. You've felt his presence. He's comforted you. And one day, you will see him. And then that, I don't know how we're not going to be crying when we see him I have no idea what happens but I guess crying's part of corruption so that's gone because he said there will be no tears there's going to be some rejoicing there's going to be some shouting there's going to be some praising there's going to be I believe there's going to be some laughter I believe people are just going to be smiling and dancing and worshipping and I don't know how it can feel any better than it does worshipping down here but it's going to be better Maybe John was thinking about when he wrote about the, the one sitting on the throne is going to dwell with them forever. Maybe he was thinking about how Adam and Eve must have felt in the garden when they lived in perfect paradise with the Lord. I, I assume it will be something like that. Let's stand together. One day we're going to be free. Free from this world. I love living for God. I wouldn't take nothing in this life, and as long as He tarries, Lord, give me breath, give me strength and let me live. I want to live because I I love, I love living. I love people, I love preaching, I love doing what I do for God. But one day I'm going to see Him, and that's where I'm going to be free. won't be enough, no more messages preached, no more studying. Not that that's a burden or anything. I'm just saying these, there's no. it won't be needed anymore. We'll be there with him. That's why he came. That's why he died. That's why he filled us, why he washed us. That's why he said, I'm going away to prepare a place. Because he knew, I want you to be where I am. Don't you want to be with him one day? Come on, let's lift our hands together right now and just pray and talk to him for a moment. Won't you go ahead and thank him for keeping you. Thank him for filling you with the Holy Ghost. Won't you thank him today for calling you out of darkness into marvelous light? Lord, how can I be of greater use to the kingdom? How can I work, Lord, for your kingdom? Give me words, Lord, when I meet my friends and my co-workers and my family members that I could speak a word of faith, God, that would encourage them to surrender their life to you. God, give me boldness. Give me boldness in the Holy Ghost that that I could testify of your gospel and and witness for you, Lord. Just let me be a, a laborer in the fields. I know they're ripe and ready to harvest. Lord, I know you're coming. There's Any time now, Lord, any moment you'll be back. Lord, let us work, let us labor, let us strive until that day. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house this morning. Oh, we're going, church. One day we're going. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful, so thankful for our church. I'm so thankful. Now, don't get me wrong. When I say, talk about it's more than this building it's more than an organization I, I mean every word of that but that doesn't mean I, I'm dissatisfied with those things I love the people that I have met uh, through um, the organization that I'm licensed with I love them I love the pastors and people that I've met some of the greatest people but I've met some who are not licensed they're, they're, but they love God just the same they, they're independent so to say but but there's great men of God that's so powerful used and, and preached and so uh, I'm thankful for God's people. I'm thankful for this church. But I am thankful God gave us a great place to worship and to invite people to and to be a part of. Amen. God's good to us. Give him one more hand clap this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you for it, Lord. Want you find a place uh, to, to pray before the next service. And uh, don't forget there's a bake sale going on out in the foyer if you want to pick something up so you don't forget on your way out today. Uh, That'll help Sister Emmy out, and uh, we appreciate it. God bless you.
1: that maybe you're not where you need to be. Yes. And she came to me and she was like, I've been thinking because when um, Brother Larry preached the other day, Mm. she got out of church and she said, he he threw a whole shade tree at me. And Uh. I said, what? And she said, because before that, she said, I wanted to talk to you about getting baptized. And I I said, at my church? And she was like, Yes, she said, and I was like, I'll do it when I turn twenty one and she said, and then i walk in there and he's like, Two miles, two miles, and she was like, I'm gonna die in two miles. <laughs> That's awesome. So I was so I'm so excited. She was like she was like, I do she was like, I love Hey, is she like a Bible or something or well, whatever? She cracks me up because of course people at work they're like, ooh, Lexus is in an a cult and I'm like, A Jesus cult. Yeah, I'm like whatever. And so Jada, culture, Jada yeah. was like Jada said, she said, I defend you and I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm like, no, it's not. Everything I do is through the Bible. And so I I wanna learn why I do what do. So I sat through one of my breaks in our classroom while all the kids were sleeping and I wrote down every I had like four pages. And so every day when she comes in, she was like, hey, do your Bible thing and write me notes, please. I'm so proud of you. <gasps> Thank you. But I'm so excited I'm so for her. Proud of you. I'm I was so excited like, for you. Because this is going to do you just as much good as it does it, her. And it it makes you me happy because she sends me pictures and she has a like when she's not doing anything at home, mm-hmm. she has them next to her bed. And when she gets done, she hangs them up on our wall. And she was like, she was like, I just finished your notes. Will you write me another one tomorrow? And I was like, oh. girl, yes. So I sent her a text and I was like, I have Sunday school notes for you. And she was like. You are my favorite. You ought to I listen to the podcast too. I forgot we have podcasts. I listen to them and I forget that we have it. Yep, them. we do. We have an amazing podcast. I yes. But yes, yeah, I was listen like, like, I'm to that. I oh, it. I'm so excited. Oh, it's just so awesome, baby. I'm so proud of you. You're yeah. yeah. no, wonderful. I know Jeff told me one time when I got the phone call that they had gone and they had heard a message about, about you know uh, find find your wife. And the like, "You are my wife. She might be. Yeah. I know they're yeah. in Atlanta for family. We're just meeting a weekend before Christmas. Man, everybody's She was so sad. She wants to come, but she like, I think I might still be in Atlanta. And I was like, okay, i know. girl. I, was like, I, 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 got I got you. I got notes. Girl, I'm so proud of you.